1: I'm Brian Sullivan, and you're listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. Our show airs live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern. Listen in.
2: It is 5 a.m. at CNBC Global Headquarters, and here is your top five at five on this Christmas Eve. Congress meeting for that Christmas Eve session on $2,000 stimulus checks after President Trump criticizes that COVID relief bill that was just passed. A Brexit breakthrough, the UK and European Union nearing a trade deal, possibly. China launching an antitrust probe into tech giant Alibaba. And then Moderna expects its first vaccine to protect against the new COVID strain out as well. And of course, it is that Christmas Eve holiday, so if you don't have your shopping done, hurry up. We will find out how retailers did this holiday season It is Thursday, December 24th, and you are watching Worldwide Exchange right here on CNBC. Run, run, Rudolph. Good morning. I am Dominic Chu in for Brian Sullivan this morning on Christmas Eve. It is a holiday-shortened trading session today. The closing bell will ring at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Just keep that in mind. So we are watching futures right now shaping up to be solidly positive. A 97-point gain implied for the Dow at the opening bell. The S&P would rise by roughly 10 points, and the Nasdaq higher by roughly 21 as well. Now, Treasury yields, watching the interest rate picture, are starting to show a little bit of movement. Not a whole heck of a lot, but still, 10-year Treasury note yields, dipping just slightly to a hair below 95 basis points or 0.95 percent. The two-year note yield holding steady around 12 basis points or 0.12 percent. The long bond, 1.69 percent. We have a lot of news on this holiday shortened trading day. Let's start now overseas, where European stocks are rising on news the UK and the European Union are on the cusp of striking a post-Brexit trade deal. We've heard it before. Still, though. Karen Cho joins us now live from London with the latest details there. And Karen, they got the fishing thing close to sorted out.
3: Oh, Dom, that's the word. Uh, Apparently pizza late into the night in Brussels, but now a Brexit deal is imminent. Uh, That is the mood from both the British and European sides overnight. However, there may be a catch when it comes to fisheries. Talks between UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson and European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen were said to have found consensus. However, a briefing on the fishing agreement has been delayed, holding up the deal announcement the two leaders were hoping to make this morning. And we've been on standby since about 7 a.m. local time time. But speaking earlier, Ireland's foreign minister assured us a deal is still expected to be outlined today. The 2,000-page agreement, that is a mammoth document, will then go back to parliaments in both Britain and Europe for a vote ahead of the 31st of December deadline. The market reaction, while the FTSE early on moved into the green, it has given up some of those gains and then tried to claw them back. So it's been a little bit of stop start but we're currently up about two-tenths of a percent, holding above this 6,500 level. The Banks are still trading stronger and there's been a a trade in some of the big home builders here. Smaller mid-cap stocks are getting the biggest boost, hitting record highs near the start of the session. And the all-important sterling trade, let's take a look at it. It pushed higher against a a basket of currencies. In fact, we climbed to about the 136.05 mark. We've peeled off that and we've tried to reach back into that territory. But eight tenths of a percent, that is strong. We've hit a three-week high against the euro and extended gains versus the dollar against the safe havens you can see sterling has it as well, nine-tenths higher versus the Japanese yen, and uh, about eight-tenths higher versus the Swiss franc. So uh, there's plenty of activity happening here on this side of the pond, Dom. And just worth noting, we also have a shortened holiday period of trade today. So that 2,000-page document, if it's released, we've got a very quick uh, time frame for those traders to get on board, digest it, and make a trade.
2: All right. Karen Cho live in London with the latest there. Thank you very much for that. Well, a Brexit deal is possibly in the focus right now. We're also following a developing story out of Washington, D.C., where House Speaker Nancy Pelosi plans to convene Congress this morning in a push for $2,000 stimulus payments to individuals. Now, this comes, of course, after Congress passed a covid relief bill earlier in the week and then President Trump attacked it. NBC's Chris Pallone joins us now from Washington with the latest. And Chris, what are the odds that something happens with $2,000 payments?
0: <laughs> I'm reminded of a, a Dan Rather quoting Slim and None, and Nun just walked out the door. Uh, you hate to be cynical, Dom. You know this is going to be one of the busier Christmas Eve days in the Capitol. Uh, you know, over the last several years, with as you pointed out, the Democrats and Nancy Pelosi putting forward a measure where they will try to appease the president and get those stimulus payments to go from $600 up to $2,000. That's been a priority of theirs for months. And to see the president come out and say it, that the uh, COVID Relief Act was not appropriate or not enough for the American people and that he wanted to see that go up, they're more than willing to try and get that done. The problem is, is there are not very many members in Washington right now. So in order to do this, Nancy Pelosi will have to try and do it by unanimous consent. What that means is is if one person objects, but from either party, uh, it will fail. And the Republicans have already said that they are going to object, which puts them at odds with the president, the leader of their party. Now, to appease him a little bit, you might remember that the president in that Twitter video also attacked some parts of the appropriations bill, which is all uh, gathered up together with this COVID relief bill under the omnibus bill. And the president was railing against some foreign aid, foreign aid, which his administration actually requested in many instances, but in order to somewhat appease him, Republicans now say that today they will put up a measure where they will try to roll back some foreign aid. Well, guess what's going to happen? A Democrat will likely object to that and we'll be back to where we were in limbo. Uh, The president left for Florida yesterday, did not sign this and Unemployment benefits are set to run out for millions of Americans on Saturday. And if some sort of appropriations bill isn't signed, the federal government could shut down on Monday, Dom. All right. Chris Pallone, live in Washington,
2: D.C., with the latest there on those talks. Happy holidays and have a great weekend, sir. Sure. Thank you. Now to the markets and what investors should make of that stimulus fight that Chris Pallone just told us about in Washington, D.C. Joining us now is Josh Wine, Portfolio Manager at Hennessy Funds. Josh, you heard the commentary here. Is the market's future trajectory in the coming weeks predicated solely on these talks about new stimulus?
4: Good morning, Dom. I, I think that I think the market gets it. I think that this current stimulus bill was negotiated for a very long time. I think it's clear that there's a lot of the rhetoric is is maybe well intentioned getting larger checks. But I think that I think we're done. I think the market is is looking forward to. You know, the vaccine story and the reopening of the economy. I think, you know, all of this uh, uncertainty, you know, people love to say the market hates uncertainty. I don't know if that's so true, having experienced this year with, with you and everyone else. I think the market cares about interest rates and, and these big long-term stories around technology and and you know, automation and electric vehicles and, and you name it. So I, I think the market's going to take this in stride. So I mean, we know it's taking it in stride. We're, we're, we're just a hair
2: away from record highs for most of the indices. Yeah. The Russell 2000 and Nasdaq are at record highs again. Is there anything that gives you pause about the rally that we've seen, and is there anything that makes you say maybe this is overextended and due for a pause?
4: I think that you know, you know, the market reacts to itself. So I think that you know, it's always overshooting and, and undershooting. So there's always that, and, and we call it volatility. But I always laugh a little bit because. You know, volatility, uh, we haven't really seen the volatility I think really people would have expected, you know, certainly not on the implied side. I would say what stalls this market or what makes people think twice is what's inevitable, which is that kind of quarterly discussion about inflation. And so we're not seeing inflation, probably won't for a while, but it doesn't mean that people can't talk about it. And and I feel like every time there's, uh, you know, an incidence of inflation, you uh, it gets extrapolated out to the broader economy. I think anything that gives people a reason to talk for more than a day or two about inflation absolutely could could stall what looks to be uh, another another great
2: year for equities. All right. So, so one of the things that that there is concern about right now is the American consumer. We just heard about the prospect of stimulus checks that were of the six hundred dollar variety. They're looking to up mm-hmm. it to maybe two thousand dollars. We know that those stimulus checks were a key part of the retail picture earlier this year. Is it safe to say that when you look at the companies that you want to buy in the coming weeks and months, that the consumer focus does still remain?
4: Oh, it absolutely does. And I think the extension of unemployment benefits, the, you know, the increase in unemployment benefits is, is you know, part and parcel of, of that you know, $600 check that they're looking to make uh, 2000 I think that you know, those checks... Are a bridge loan uh, to, you know, the broader economy and, you know, for the next few months until things look a little bit normal, I would say that, you know, the employment picture, just the traditional, you know, unemployment rate, you know, coming in more and more uh, will, no pun intended, will trump the idea of a 600 or a $2,000 check. I think that without a doubt, that difference uh, is enormous for those that that need it and that will receive it. I think, though, that ultimately having a job that lasts, uh, you know, in the, for the indefinite future, it has a lot more of an impact than whether it's a six hundred or a two thousand dollar check. As important as that is, so I, I think that, you know, I think that we will get there. But yes, the next few months are—it's really strange to think that the future is so bright, but you know, the next few months are so murky. So I, I but I think that you know, the market's forward-looking. We know that. We see it every day that, you know, the futures are rallying this morning. So, um, you know, we will see, as as we all say.
2: Josh, we got a couple seconds left here. I just want to get some of your picks. What are you buying for the coming year?
4: Sure. Yeah, great question. So, you know, consumer spending, we, we know the story. I think that there's a lot of room left. So, you know, we're looking at BJ's and our mid-cap 30 fund Uh, 14 times earnings, you know, a competitor to Costco, you know, it firmly lives in Costco's shadow and, you know, BJ's is a great operator, great valuation. They generate an inordinate amount of uh, consistent free cash flow. Would also look at uh, Lithia Motors. Uh, You know, it lives in kind of the shadow of what has been a big story in used cars, you know, CarMax and Carvana. Uh, I would note for Lithia, you know, a compelling valuation about 14 times as well. Uh, I'd also say that, you know, they are firmly entrenched in the used car market. Um, you know, the majority of their sales uh, or at least auto sales, that segment of revenue as opposed to service, the majority is in used car sales with you know great margins on that side of the business. Uh, and then finally, big lots. Uh, big lots is interesting. They've risen to the occasion. It's about six times earnings. So it's, you know, it's not just about P.E. I think it's also about their you know, their pivot and kind of getting more into the online business, the uh, ship to store business and reconfiguring the mix.
2: All right. So the consumer, big focus there. Josh Wine of Hennessy Funds, thank you very much for joining us and happy holidays, sir. You too, Dom. Appreciate it. All right. When we come back on the show, China opening an antitrust investigation into Alibaba. We are going to head to Beijing to find out what that means for the company and for Jack Ma. But first, as we head to break, check out some of this morning's biggest movers. We are in the S&P 500 looking at DR Horton, FLIR Systems, a big day yesterday for FLIR, and then Micron as well. Stay tuned. You are watching Worldwide Exchange right here on CNBC.
5: What does it
6: mean to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones. Our dedicated financial advisors are the people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Because the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Learn more about our comprehensive approach to planning at edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC.
2: Well, good morning and welcome back to Worldwide Exchange. Our top corporate story this morning... Is China opening up an antitrust investigation into Alibaba? Eunice Yoon joins us now live from Beijing with the details. He has to be probably the most high profile business person in all of China and certainly one of the biggest in the world. What is going on now with China's campaign against Jack Ma?
5: Well, China is investigating Alibaba's alleged monopolistic practices, including um, what's called here as pick one of two, which is forcing merchants on your site only to work with one player, so the e-commerce giant, as opposed to any of its competitors. Uh, separately, Ant Group uh, of Jack... Jack Ma's ant group was summoned by regulators for a discussion on fair competition and consumer protection. So this this whole idea and this practice has actually been quite common in the market for years and not only by Alibaba. So there's been a lot of questions today as to why it is that we are seeing this investigation. Um, of course, uh, a lot of this has to do, at least the speculation is, with Jack Ma's recent uh, fiery speech where he was highly critical of Beijing's regulators. And then it also comes at a time when President Xi Jinping has been um, looking to exert more control over the private, over private industry. In fact, just a couple of weeks ago, he said that he was uh, planned to um, prioritize anti monolithic anti-monopolistic efforts in 2021. So investors are trying to figure out now what the impact is going to be. A lot of Chinese tech companies think that we are going to see big players facing a whole lot of scrutiny and that this could mean anything from fines, uh, tweaking the business model, or potentially, in a nightmare scenario, an end to the VIE structure, which is a structure that allows uh, foreign investors to put their money into these companies. Just one thing, though, Dom, that uh, people are saying here is the saving grace for Chinese tech and these big co- companies is that at the end of the day, Beijing still wants to have national champions. So uh, we saw that reflected in the state media um, almost immediately after, actually, this announcement by the regulators uh, where the, the People's Daily, which is a highly influential paper, said that the, the purpose of this investigation is for better development of the online economy.
2: So, I mean, Eunice, there is a school of thought out there right now that the next frontier for conflict between the U.S. and China, not from an antagonistic standpoint, but from a competitive standpoint, remains big technology. We are battling it here in the U.S. China wants to battle it there as well. But is there a sense right here that we have again, these are the standard bearers. It's the alphabets, it's the Amazons, it's the Facebooks, it's the Microsofts, it's the Apples of America versus everybody on the Chinese side of things. Can the government really go after these companies that strongly when these are the ones who will be kind of battling it out competitively over the coming years and maybe even decades?
5: Well, that actually was another uh, point of of discussion here, um, especially within the Chinese tech community. I had people telling me that this is really the next stage for Chinese tech, that we would be seeing this anyway, because um, a lot of tech companies, not only here in China, but worldwide are coming under scrutiny. Uh, But I think what's also interesting is that it's, it's being seen here as a, a way of leveling the playing field because uh, uh, worldwide with some of these global tech companies. Because over in Congress, uh, in China, they, we, you know, people have heard the argument that oh well, uh, U.S. Tech, the U.S. Congress shouldn't be worried about U.S. tech companies; they should be worried about Chinese tech companies. But now, Chinese tech companies are are coming under scrutiny as well. So maybe there's going to be a a little bit of a leveling of the playing field when it comes to all of these regulators. Uh,
2: a universal campaign right now brewing on all sides of the world against big technology. Eunice Yoon live in Beijing with the ladies here. Thank you very much and happy holidays. Well, coming up on the show, the NBA postpones a game because of COVID and finds a superstar for a protocol violation. Those details coming up when Worldwide Exchange returns after this break. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal.
5: Welcome
2: back. Let's get a check on this morning's other top headlines. NBC's Philip Mena is in the New York newsroom with the latest. Good morning, Philip. Hey, Dom. Good
7: morning. President Trump is closing out his term with a pardoning spree, granting clemency to 29 more people. The president gave a full pardon to Charles Kushner, the father of his son-in-law, Jared Kushner. The millionaire real estate developer pleaded guilty in 2004 to tax evasion and making illegal campaign donations. And in another rebuke to the Mueller investigation, Mr. Trump pardoned his former campaign chairman, Paul Manafort. He was convicted of hiding millions of dollars he made from political consulting for the pro-Russian government in Ukraine. The president also gave a full pardon to longtime ally and former campaign advisor, Roger Stone, whose sentence he had previously commuted. Stone was convicted last year on charges of making false statements, obstruction, and witness tampering. As the virus continues surging across this country, there are growing calls to stay home. Despite this, 85 million Americans are expected to travel for the holidays. 20 states plus D.C. now have travel restrictions for new arrivals. Finally, the NBA has fined Houston Rockets guard James Harden $50,000 and ruled him unavailable to play in Wednesday's game that was ultimately postponed for violating the league's COVID protocols. This was after video surfaced of him partying maskless at a club earlier this week. Dom,
2: back to you. All right. Philip Menna, thank you very much for those. Happy holidays. Same to you. All right, coming up on the show, it's Christmas Eve. Yes, it is. But if you haven't finished your shopping just yet, you are not alone. We'll head to the mall to find out what retailers are expecting and how they've done this holiday season. Stay tuned for that retail roundup coming up next. A showdown in Washington, D.C. President Trump and Congress clashing over stimulus and defense bills. A Brexit breakthrough. The UK and EU are set to announce a trade deal, possibly today, and streaming a new strategy. What tomorrow's simultaneous release of Wonder Woman 1984 in theaters and on HBO Max could mean to the big business of Hollywood. It is Thursday, December 24th, Christmas Eve 2020. You are watching Worldwide Exchange right here on CNBC. Anyway, welcome back to the show. I am Dominic Chu in for Brian Sullivan this morning on Christmas Eve. Here's how your money and investments are looking halfway through the 5 a.m. Eastern Time Hour. Stock futures are pointing to some more gains. They are modest, but still in the green. The Dow Jones implied higher by roughly almost 100 points. The S&P would be higher by about 11 points at the opening bell, and the Nasdaq rising up by about roughly 25 if these futures moves hold into regular cash equities trading. On the bond side of things, a slight tick lower, very slight tick lower in 10-year U.S. Treasury note yields, just a hair below 95 basis points, or 0.95%. Two-year note yields, 12 basis points, or 0.12%, and the 30-year long bond just below 1.69% there. Also want to take a look at what's happening here with a status check on three particular sectors that we want to focus on in 2020. Those are technology up 25%, The consumer discretionary stocks up 25 percent and then energy only up about 2 percent. The reason why over the last six months and certainly on a year to date basis, these three sectors, those two have been top performers and energy has been the bigger laggard there. So watch those particular sectors as well, especially during this holiday season when retail is a huge focus. Now, making headlines today, President Trump's criticism on the covid relief bill passed earlier this week could lead to a government shutdown and a lapse in unemployment aid. The president says he wants $2,000 direct payments instead of $600 ones. Democrats led by Speaker Nancy Pelosi will try to pass those payments today, but minority leader Kevin McCarthy in the House is expected to object and instead offer a new temporary spending bill. Now, President Trump hasn't explicitly said if he'll veto the bill or just not sign it, But if there is a delay in the measure becoming law, the expansions of jobless benefits that cover 12 million people will expire on Saturday. And if the part of the legislation that would keep the federal government running through September 30th is not signed into law by Tuesday, the government will shut down. Now, the U.K. and European Union also expected to announce a Brexit trade deal later on today. There had been big fights in recent weeks over fishing rights and a number of other issues The British pound, as you can see, there, rising on news of a possible breakthrough in those negotiations. And in corporate news, Alibaba shares under pressure today. This comes on the the heels of news the Chinese government is conducting an anti-monopoly probe into the tech giant. Meantime, Chinese authorities also plan to meet with billionaire Jack Ma and, and the other company he has, Alibaba affiliate Ant Financial Group. The regulators say they want to supervise the financial technology company on a number of different issues. Well, now to the other big story of the morning, and that is retail and the final holiday push. Bertha Coombs has been covering that sector for us, and Bertha, tis the season we know the shoppers are very important this time of year.
8: They certainly are. And procrastinators heading to the malls today should find plenty of elbow room in store. Retailers expect that curbside pickup of online orders will remain brisk. But this holiday season, foot traffic in the malls and in stores has actually been light, with more than a third of consumers surveyed by CNBC saying they're just avoiding stores right now amid COVID. Retail foot traffic was down nearly 48% from a year ago. In November according to Cowan analysts, then actually dipped even more last week with that big snowstorm that blanketed much of the East Coast while mall based department stores are seeing fewer shoppers in store though those consumers aren't just window shopping they are making purchases and bigger ones and the stores have done a lot to preserve margins on those sales
2: generally speaking inventories have been running about 4 points below sales because at the earlier part of the
4: pandemic retailers behave very very quickly in cutting inventories and cutting apparel inventories so inventory control has been good and that should
0: help gross margins
8: and investors have certainly been buying the half full story nordstrom kohl's and macy's stocks are all down for the year but They're all up more than 350, more than 150 percent rather from the year lows. And they've been outperforming the big box stores with strong gains this quarter. In fact, um, that's helped the S&P Retail Index hit another record intraday high, which you would not expect given how tough it has been this year
2: been crazy, Bertha, because you look at the kind of the the tale of two retailers out there. We know that they've surged a lot since the pandemic lows. But one company that's been doing all of it since the beginning has been Amazon. Is there a sense right now that the holiday season is very much more still about those Amazon type retailers as well as the online big box stores?
8: Well, I mean, obviously, if you're shopping today, good luck trying to get something delivered uh, on time from Amazon. And you're going to pay through the nose for that immediate uh, shipping and immediate shopping. I think... The sense is that, obviously, the big essential retailers will continue to be the bigger winners. Uh, when you look at the, how far down they are, some of them, most of them are standalone. The Walmarts, the Targets of the world, you know, and even when you look at the specialty retail, Old Navy versus Gap, those tend to be more standalone stores. Those are doing better, and they actually, because oftentimes they're bigger, they're only down about 10 percent or so according to some analysts in terms of foot traffic so and they have a lot better fulfillment ability because they're standalone in their parking lots as well so uh, those guys will continue to be the big winners but the department stores because they're leaner because there are fewer of them don't forget lord and taylor is going out of business you've got uh, brooks brothers restructuring So that is helping them out a bit. And again, they have been very disciplined about their inventories. You know, you remember 12 years ago, Dom used to see, you know, 75% off sales because they just had to get rid of the inventories during the Great Recession. This time around, they've had sales, but they're still able to sell some things full price.
2: Yeah, it's not as much about promotional kind of uh... I guess, merchandising this time around, especially with the pandemic and lean inventories. Bertha Coombs, thank you very much for that. We appreciate it. Let's talk a little bit more about the holiday shopping season and what's ahead for the retail sector overall in 2021. Joining me now is Jessica Ramirez, retail research analyst at Jane Hall & Associates there. Uh, Jessica, you just heard Bertha's report. Is it really still just about those big box stores and Amazon this holiday season? What about all those small businesses? How exactly is the retail landscape shaping up for everybody across the spectrum.
9: Well, good morning, and thank you for having me. Well, really, what we've continued to see through the holiday season are the retailers who still are offering categories that the consumer has been interested in during the pandemic, and even in this holiday season. Obviously, home has been very strong, so retailers were offering home products. Either if it's building, so your Home Depot, at the Lowe's, um, Target has obviously done very well. Um, and other retailers who do carry home categories, you know, Urban Outfitters, anthropology, Weststone, the Williams-Sonoma Group, all of them, and Wafer have obviously done very well, but also people who are offering outdoor as we spend more time outdoor. You know, if it's been for hiking, now we're going into, we are in ski season, and I don't expect that to be bigger. Those are price tickets. That are quite high so we also expect dicks to do quite well during this holiday season and you know most of these retailers what they end up having is also curbside and a great omni channel so that has been very key in in the time of pandemic and more so as we come up closer to the end of the holiday season ensuring that customers do have something to give their their um their loved ones
2: in terms of trends jessica we know that a lot of the retail spend over the course of 2020 with the government assistance checks and everything else has been geared towards home improvement. Do we expect that that trend continues, especially because we're talking so much these days about more enhanced unemployment benefits and direct stimulus checks? Yeah,
9: so we are expecting home to continue it straight into 2021. Again, a lot of the new ideas that a consumer learned during the pandemic, some of these are sort of coming up prior people were spending more time at home. And obviously because of the pandemic, there's more work from home, there's more Zoom calls, you know, making sure you have the right setup and for you to feel comfortable. I think in a time where things have been very uncertain either financially or just health wise, being at home in your safe place has been something that people have invested in. And there's also been, you know, the amount of homes that have sold. So there's still the investment that's gonna continue to go into those homes as we go into 2021. Um, so, again, I think it's just a, a category of strength. Um, either you're buying tech or you're buying just traditional goods for your home, making sure your your children are having a good setup
2: for their education as well. So there's a lot of moving parts that
9: go into the home
2: part. All right. And then what about this kind of uh, one of the big covid beneficiaries has been, you know, the outdoor side of things, right? Outdoor sports. I'm a golfer. I, I know that the golf has surged in, in recent in, in recent months. We know that Dick's Sporting Goods has been one of those beneficiaries. Is there more of a gearing in 2021 towards that momentum keeping intact for companies like, say, maybe a Nike or a Dick's and people geared more towards activities outdoors, socially distant, of course?
9: Yes, um, we are definitely seeing positive momentum with all of that. And again, you know, the habits that consumers have learned during the pandemic, we can we expect them to continue. And again, there was some little bit that was climbing into prior to the pandemic and it's just really accelerated trends that we were seeing coming through beforehand and so you know going out hiking doing more sport either if it's indoor or if it's outdoor more running camping like I said you know for the winter season we expect ski to do quite well that's still a social distance activity we expect those to do good um, and to be quite positive in those categories. But really having said that is, we don't expect people to go, you know, even with the vaccine to go back to a, a complete normal life. Um, it's really a, a new normal and these new habits have been really been practiced and I think they'll continue to go into into notions. So I think, again, you know, that that is a positive category. And really in the beginning of the pandemic, what really helped that outdoor category is people hadn't really been camping. They hadn't been doing these road trips. So they had to buy from the beginning. And, you know, those are high
2: price ticket items.
9: Um, So I think that, again, you know, people are still starting or just really going on that trend. All
2: right. Jessica Ramirez at Jane Howling Associates. Thank you very much. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. All right, coming up on the show, Wonder Woman 1984 being released in theaters and on HBO Max streaming at the same time. What this could mean to the big business of Hollywood that's coming up next. But first, as we head out to break, check out some of this morning's big movers in the Dow right now. It's Johnson and Johnson, it's Boeing, it's Goldman Sachs, up roughly a half to 1% each. And then on the downside, you're also seeing some of the Dow pre-market movers in Cisco, Nike, and United Health, relatively flat on the day. Stay tuned, you are watching Worldwide Exchange right here on CNBC. Okay, that right there is a live shot of one of the most iconic parts of New York City during the holiday season. It's Rockefeller Center, the ice rink. The tree is not yet lit up, but it will be in roughly 17, 20 minutes or so is what I'm being told. Welcome back to Worldwide Exchange. Futures right now pointing to green. Speaking of lights and colors, you can see there roughly about 100 point gain for the Dow and Platt at the open. The S&P would open higher by 11 points and the Nasdaq roughly 24 point gain there. Oil price is also a key focus. If you haven't noticed, by the way, your gasoline prices, if, the, if you drive out there, have risen dramatically in just the last couple of weeks there. Right now, WTI crude, $48, the big figure there. And then World Brent crude futures, $51.10, both off about one quarter of one percent. And one of the biggest stories in terms of price appreciation so far in 2020 has to be cryptocurrency and Bitcoin in particular. Right now, according to Bitcoin CoinState and BitStamp prices, we're floating right around $23,211 there. Remember, just around the pandemic lows, we were below $5,000 per token, and now it's around $23,000. One of the world's most recognizable superheroes is heading for the big and small screens at the same time, and she may be taking on her riskiest adventure yet, at least economically. WarnerMedia is releasing Wonder Woman 1984 on its HBO Max streaming service tomorrow, the same day that it debuts in theaters in the U.S. The company, which is owned by AT&T, will repeat that strategy for its entire lineup of films coming out in 2021. At least four of those movies, including Wonder Woman, have a reported budget well north of $100 million apiece. So how will the economics of a mega-budget movie work on a streaming platform? Let's bring in Rebecca Rubin, film and media reporter for Variety. That's the question, Rebecca. Does this work? Can you make blockbusters and then just put them on streaming? There can't be that many subscribers paying that kind of subscription money just yet.
6: Absolutely, and Wonder Woman 1984 is going to be the first big movie, like you said, to kind of test out this strategy, and it's a huge surprise because the first Wonder Woman, when it opened in 2017, was one of the biggest movies of the year. It made over $800 million at the box office, and people thought that the sequel could have easily made a billion dollars, and so instead it's coming out at a time when hardly any movie theaters are open. And a lot of people are choosing to stay at home and stream movies from their couch. And so we're really going to see um, just how willing people are to go out to the movies when they could see the exact same movie at home and for less money. Because the cost of HBO Max for one month is around the same price as a single movie ticket.
2: Now, so so, so there's an old saying, and and you and I have both heard it, you, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs, right? Is this an investment that's coming from Warner Media? Is this something that says, you know what, let's get them in the door and then they will just stay there? Kind of like what Netflix has done, maybe what like Disney Plus is doing or aspires to do. If we just pay that $15 for one movie ticket, but do it every single month across millions of people, maybe that does change the economics of the business.
6: Yeah, financially for the consumer, it is a great deal, and. The biggest problem that HBO Max is having right now is just reminding people that it exists. Um, The rollout was a little bit botched. People were kind of confused at the difference between HBO, the channel, and HBO Max, the streaming service. And there are still tens of millions of people who don't know that they have HBO and they don't know that for no additional cost, they could get HBO Max. And so this was a huge, flashy, splashy way to say, hey... We exist and you can get all of these incredible movies from the comfort of your couch over the next year.
2: When, in terms of streaming, I, I mean, the, the movie side of things, I, I can see Disney Plus, when, when my daughter maybe want, maybe or maybe didn't want to watch Mulan, the live action woman that came out mm-hmm. on Disney Plus, we had to pay somebody, about, what, $29, $30 to watch it. It's now kind of free on the platform if you pay a subscription. Where is it now going to take the movie theater industry? Are they going to stop charging that premium fee? HBO Max is not doing it for Wonder Woman 1984. Disney did it with Mulan. What's the overall trend going to be in the coming months?
6: I think it's going to be streaming service dependent. I think right now HBO Max, they need to get subscribers. They can't really say hey, you need to subscribe and you need to pay an extra $30 to see Wonder Woman. Right now, they will just be happy if millions of people sign up for their streaming service. But Disney Plus, on the other hand, has millions upon millions of subscribers. And so they have a little bit more flexibility to test out this model and say, hey, how much would people pay to see a movie that would have been a huge blockbuster on the big screen? And so they've put some movies on like Mulan for a premium price, But then they've offered another soul, which is a Pixar movie and it's coming out tomorrow and that's going to be available for no extra charge. And so they have a lot of room to just test out a bunch of strategies and see which is the most financially successful for them.
2: I got 20 seconds left for you. Which streaming platform excites you the most in 2021?
6: Might be controversial, but I actually do think that HBO Max has a great library. They have a ton of old movies. They have a bunch of new buzzy TV shows that are really great. I just watched one called The Flight Attendant with Kaylee Cuoco. And so it's not just movies. They have a bunch of really exciting product. And, if, you know, it's a little bit more expensive than Disney Plus, but I think it's worth it.
2: All right. Rebecca Rubin, thank you very much for that insight on those streaming services. And happy holidays to you. Thanks. You too. On deck for 2021, our market predictions. But first, if you haven't already done so, subscribe to our new podcast for Worldwide Exchange, the show every day put into audio form. If you miss us on the small screen, check us out on Apple, on Spotify or any other podcast application. We'll be right back. That calming music is probably not as calm as what's happening in Washington, D.C. right now. But hopefully everybody in Washington, D.C. has a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday season as they kind of renegotiate aspects of the COVID relief bill and the defense spending bill as well. Well, let's take a look at the markets right now ahead of that long holiday weekend we have ahead of us. We can see the Dow Jones implied slightly higher by roughly 100 points at this point. Joining us now is Rod Von Lipsey, Managing Director at UBS Private Wealth Management. And Rod... Is it going to be a Santa Claus rally, and will that mean better days for the market in 2021?
1: Hey, good morning, Don Adama from Rod, uh, the Rod von Lipsy here in Washington, D.C. Listen, we're wondering whether there's going to be a Santa rally. Of course, the market feels that way, uh, but there is a lot of opportunity for a bah humbug hangover. Uh, there's a lot of business on the plate, and as you know, with light volumes here in the holiday, going into Christmas holiday on a shortened trading day, um, things can go either direction. I think that all eyes are on the administration to understand what's going to happen. Uh, Eyes are looking at Brexit, of course, uh, right across the pond with my colleagues in Europe. And of course, uh, COVID and Congress are on our minds here in Washington, D.C. this bright early morning.
2: So let's talk about whether or not you are optimistic about what's going to happen. I mean, this gets resolved, right? The government doesn't shut down indefinitely, even if it does. Is there a path higher for the markets? Is it already all priced in at record highs now?
1: Dom, there is a path higher, and we think that path higher is into 2021. Uh, We are going to see, again, a lot of things are being packed into the risk markets over the next week. Um, We have to sort this out. Uh, We need to figure out whether we're going to have a uh, defense authorization bill, whether the government is going to shut down or we get an extension. Is that going to be a short extension, or will it be until the end of the fiscal year, uh, like we think? Uh, The market futures seem to think that's going to come out pretty well. Uh, And they also think that things across the pond in in Europe are going to come out well on Brexit. But the devil will be in the details. Uh, Remember, even if Prime Minister Johnson and uh, Commissioner President uh, von der Leyen announce a deal today, uh, there is a lot of work That has to happen in parliaments next week to get that done, and there's opportunities for the ball to get dropped. The same thing here on this side of the pond in Congress. Um, The the Congress has got some wood to chop, and if the president has a pocket veto or sits on uh, on that COVID relief package until he sees or hears the right things from Congress, it could be a rocky week ahead.
2: So let's talk about whether or not that rocky week ahead, maybe even weeks ahead, could signal something for the market. Because right now, the argument's been made that valuations are stretched. Not a lot of people are saying it's like 1999, but maybe some allusions to it have been made on places like social media. Does it feel like valuations being stretched like this are going to be an issue in 2021? Well, those valuations being stretched, I think, uh, if we
1: put it back into the perspective of where interest rates are at this point in time, uh, in this environment, those valuations uh, actually aren't too bad at all. Uh, We think that um, taking a look specifically just at those things over the short period of time, a time horizon less than three years, can, uh, can actually lead to a lot of confusion. We believe that equities have continued room to run. Uh, We think that market and multiple expansion is there, especially in some segments of the the universe that really haven't done particularly well in the last year. Uh, We're looking at small and mid caps uh, as the economy reopens. But the key question, Dom, is when will that economy reopen? Because we may be coming back uh, from the holidays to more closures, more shutdowns, and more questions uh, about COVID vaccine distribution, and, and things like that so I'm not worried about the equity markets uh, there are few alternatives to the equity markets right now but the
2: path ahead in the near future uh, is probably going to be a little bit bumpy we've got about 30 seconds here what's the biggest concern that your clients have right now uh, the biggest concern clients
1: have uh, is actually over in the fixed income market uh, and and we're we're there we see lots of challenges in fixed fixed income because our expectation is is the Fed is going to continue to keep rates very, very low on the short end. Uh, and if we do get a restart of activity, uh, that puts some pressure there on longer term bonds. And so we uh, were looking for inflation protection because it could rear its ugly head in the new
2: year. All right. Rod von Lipsy, UBS Private Wealth Management, thank you very much and happy holidays to you. Thank you, Dom. Happy holidays to you. All right, well, Merry Christmas to everybody out there who celebrates it. I know I do, and my family does. But happy holidays to everybody out there. And I will see you guys in 2021. Here's wishing all of you a happy and healthy and safe holiday season and 2021. Worldwide Exchange is over now. Squawk Box picks up coverage coming up next.
1: You've been listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. You can always catch us live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern, only on CNBC.
9: Life is a highway.